you're listening to General Admission, where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound. All right, hello, welcome to episode two of General Admission. I'm just as excited as the first episode. I'm, 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 I'm quite excited, yeah. <laughs> so if you didn't know already or if you just tuned in, my name is Alessandra. And I'm Jen. And I, yeah, I'm here with Jen. <laughs> <laughs> I always don't know how to like say things like that. Does it sound cheesy if we each introduce ourselves? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's <laughs> like, probably best if you, yeah, you probably say That's okay. Look, that's right. Let's just include okay. this. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but yeah, we're here again second episode here to talk about music as usual we've got some really cool stuff lined up we'll be bringing you our favorite tracks of the week as well as our favorite live shows i went to see paramore this week twice twice <laughs> so we're going to be talking to you about our favorite live shows some shows that we've been to that maybe weren't that great and um yeah i guess let's jump into the show yeah <laughs> segment that we include in our podcast every week yeah. <laughs> about what we're listening to and some tracks that caught our eye so we talk about three tracks each and then we put the entirety of our selection on spotify so you'll be able to find that at general admission links in the description but for now let's break down three of our favorite tracks <laughs> yeah what's what's your your first track of this week jen so i'm probably gonna start with the classic rock and roll mm-hmm. knowing me um so this ties into guns and roses keyboardist lizzie reed doing a solo album launch at frankie's oh really yeah he actually chose wow. a frankie's pizza to to do um his launch like his one-off show yeah and so i got to interview him sweet and got a listen to the record pre-release and one of my favorites Actually, my favorite on the album is a track called Fragile Water. Okay. Now, this one has a bit of a story. He actually told me that, that this one was a remake of a song um, that appe- called The Air that appeared um, on a movie soundtrack for The Still Life. Oh, wow. And so they actually had Adrian from No Doubt doing the drums Sweet. on the remake. <laughs> nice. Because like, he like drummed to this track after it was recorded for the movie and he was like, if you actually probably record this, have me in. Sweet. And so, yeah, they got together, they did that, and that appears on the record and it's so cool. Awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, exactly. Just like a yeah. mishmash of all these great musicians yeah, coming exactly. together. Which really sums up the, the new record, which is Rock and Roll Ain't Easy, which is out now. Nice. Nice segue. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's really cool. It's got like his piano playing, plenty of rock and roll vibes. Yeah, it's just a killer track. Nice. But um, what's on your playlist? So, okay. The first song that I'm going to pick. So just like for context, this weekend I saw Paramore, um, for the first time in like four years it was great no faults um <laughs> but the support band was bleachers who's like, like led by um jack antonoff who produced um lord's melodrama he also produced taylor swift's 1989 n reputation so he's quite well known he used to be in fun as well cool so i was really excited to see him and his band live and 
they were just like a great um great live band you know like good vibes like everyone was in the mood just one of those bands that i think would do really well in like a festival lineup because right, their music is very like um just like colorful and pop and I know it's just really, really nice. But one of the songs that stood out to me uh, was a song called Roller Coaster. And it was just a really cool, what happened was at the Sydney show, he started playing it. And um, so Bleachers, it was their first time in Australia for this tour. Yeah. And um he basically introducing the song he was like it's crazy that we're in australia you know i wrote these songs in my bedroom with my keyboard and now here i am like playing you these songs and everybody's dancing yeah so he was like really really stoked to be in australia and you could tell like the performance was just so full of energy and he actually started the beginning of roller coaster and then he was like wait 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 no 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 like stop to his band so everyone stopped and he's like i want you guys to dance harder like put each other on your shoulders like you're at a festival yeah. um and then he started the song again and it was just like a very cool moment um and it's such a cool like dancey song and just puts you in a good mood <laughs> so that's my first song <laughs> yeah awesome so speaking of you know songs you can dance to that are just groovy i've got to put hellions on my playlist nice because they've released an awesome new track called Exma. They released it earlier this month. But a killer music video to match it as well. Yeah, there's like choreography. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, but that's really cool because that's what drew me to Hellions in the first place and seeing mm. them live a few years ago. Mm. They just have these groovy, infectious breakdowns that really <laughs> enhance, like, you know, their brutal rhythms. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what makes them kind of more relatable to, mm. like, a bigger audience. Yeah, I think it's cool. it's cool to see, like, a hardcore band that kind of mix all these different elements, like, especially this track. Like, I heard, when I first heard it, I was like, what, what, what genre is this? Like, it's <laughs> such a hard... I guess such a cool mesh of all these different genres and the way that they've done it is really creative because I think that would be really hard to do. Yeah, and just the sure. fact that like the song, the music video has like choreography, like what hardcore band, or if you want to call them hardcore, you know, loosely throwing around that term. Yeah. Like what kind of band like that, of that genre, like has choreography. It's just so cool. Yeah, like, it's awesome because like, especially the lead singer like he is a powerhouse on stage in terms of just those moves and and interacting with the crowds it's really cool to see them really um, sticking to their guns yeah yeah no i love it it's awesome so next on my track list um not gonna lie this week was so hard to pick just because paramore bleaches like it was such a great like music weekend but i'm gonna pick a song called Come Through by a band called The Regrets, which I randomly stumbled on the music video um, on YouTube. And they're a four piece and they're also teenagers. Their lead singer is 16, which is crazy. <laughs> and like the rest of their band is 17, 18, like 19. And, um, it's just such a cool, almost like 60s, like surf track. Right. Um, but they're a group, so it's three girls and one guy and their aesthetic is just really cool. And I also just find it, like, I think it's just so sick that there's like three, it's a, they're a teenage band. And on top of that, it's like mostly women. And it's just cool to see young women 
like making music and just doing stuff. Like I find that really inspiring, even though they're younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kind of makes us feel like amateurs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, after I heard this song, I went and listened to the rest of their discography and they're really cool and it's just even cooler that they're so young not that they're much like I act like they're so much younger than me like I'm 21 (laughs) but yeah it's just a cool track like you know it's got that kind of like punk element but then again it's very like sweet and 60s and I don't know it's just just a cool track that's awesome but it's really cool that you speak about like younger female musicians Mm. absolutely killing it but I guess you can also think about you know relative to the people that they're playing with essentially Mm. because Melissa Reese, so she's a second keyboardist that got picked up um, by Guns N' Roses in 2016 and she's been touring with them ever since and she's like a band member yeah. now. Yeah, and yeah. it's really cool because she's a lot younger than the guys but she just brings this like ferocity mm. that makes them sound better and that's something that Dizzy as well mentioned was that she just m- really elevates the guys. Yeah. But she's what she's kind of said in a recent interview is that she uses – her anger at the fact that she's still breaking gender barriers to really mm. let it rip on stage. Yeah. Both inspiring and sad. So. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like the thing is I saw this, this was like kind of beside the topic, but like <laughs> I saw um, an interview, not an interview, sorry. Haim won an anime award for best international act. And it was, um, I saw the, just a little clip of them accepting the award on Facebook and SD, their bass player, she was the one talking and I was going to summarize what she said, but like, let's just play it because I think her speech was really cool. And um, yeah, let's, let's just play it and then we can debrief. (laughs) To anyone that identifies as a girl, whenever you walk into a guitar shop or a sound check or a recording studio, do not let anyone that's there intimidate you or make you feel like you don't belong there because you do belong there and you know what like i really relate to that i guess it's like playing in a band you walk into places like especially buying guitars like i went walked into so many guitar shops and i always felt like i didn't belong in there like i didn't know enough so i guess that was a really cool speech it's quite like you know only touches on the issue but i think it was really cool to see that yeah, it's really cool. And you can extend that to the rest of the music industry, like yeah. photographers. I've, yeah. Like, I've got a mate who, she's such a great photographer, and she's been in the industry for years, mm. and she's been shooting for, like, over a decade now, and she's a rock and roll photographer. Yeah. And, like, rock and metal, which is super awesome, and that's how we connected. But she said, like, it's only been, like, recently where she's really felt a respect um, mm. from like peers and just from, from people like at the venue, mm. even though she's just so good at her job, the fact that she's a female and a photographer yeah. at a rock gig, it just, like it just changes everything for some people, yeah, which yeah. is ridiculous. But. Yeah, there's like a sense of sometimes like validity, like you need to f- be, like sometimes you feel like you don't feel valid enough to be there, but you know, I don't know. I feel like we're really, really just lightly touching on this topic. We could totally go into it even further. Yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking, I guess, of like our little tangent of how you mentioned um, about just being like a woman, a woman or a front woman, I guess um, that that speech just like came to mind. Yeah. But no. I guess what's your next track? So, so my last one that I'll be going into is and this one is a little bit sad. So this is the second track called Over Again of Mike Shinoda's post-traumatic EP, which got released last month. Right, right. Say goodbye over and over and over again, over and over and over. So that was, you know, after 
really trying to cope with the loss and, and kind of just taking some time out to kind of think about it. He released a three-track EP. Mm-hmm. And this is the second song, so it's called Over Again. So this one's a really, like, heavily, like, hip-hop and rap Okay. Kind of like fusion. Yeah. And part of it was actually written on the day of Chester's tribute concert at the Hollywood Bowl. Right. Um, and in like the following days and weeks. And um, that's how it all came together. Um, but it's just got such a heartbreaking video of like Mike just like at home and like mm. and kind of just moving the camera around just just really haphazardly and just in different spaces like you kind of got like flashes of like light and dark and you can just really feel the stress and the emotion coming from him Mm. um and just the lyrics they literally cut like a knife like when i heard it like i just i couldn't like my eyes were glued to the screen yeah and and just after that i had i had to like just sit in silence for a little while so Mm. it's a very emotional track that one yeah wow r.i.p chester bennington i was gonna follow this up with like a happy song. <laughs> uh, well, we probably but, need that right about now. Okay. Well, hmm. You know what? I actually I spoke about this track in last week's um, last week's episode, but just like coincidentally, so the track I was talking about, it's a song called "Small Foreign Faction" by Haley Blay. When I spoke about it in the last episode, it was just like a demo that she had uploaded, recorded on her phone, and she just made a video for it, put it on YouTube, put it on Bandcamp. But then she announced that she's releasing an EP in April called Let Yourself Go. And this song, Small Foreign Faction, is the lead single. So she just like dropped a studio version. Mm. And it's really cool. I've been listening to it nonstop. And the original demo is basically just predominantly guitar. There is a little bit of drums and kind of a few like guitar riffs and things like that. But the studio version, obviously, because it's a studio version, (laughs) um, you know, it has drums, bass. It has, there's a little bit of synth and everything is just kind of pushed to the front and sounds so just like, it's just very nicely done. And the way, like Haley's voice is so good and i've just been listening to it a lot and you should check it out yeah cool no i'm definitely (laughs) i'm definitely yeah it's just one of those songs that like just makes you like feel things (laughs) (laughs) you know like it's just a nice like almost maybe like nostalgic sounding song i can't really put my finger on it but i just really like it and there's just something about it that makes me want to listen to it again and again see that's what makes a great song it's it's something that can inspire a feeling and you don't necessarily know what but yeah. it hits you in the feels. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so that rounds out our what's yeah. on our playlist. Yeah, and you can week. find the rest of the playlist on our Spotify, which we will link in the description. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us to our next segment, which is our in-depth track review. And naturally, because I've been in love with her debut EP, it's going to be an LPX track. Nice. Also um, known as Lizzie Plappinger um, from Ms. Mister. So she's doing a solo project. Um, and this is what's come out of it. It got released last month. Nice. And it's a banger. So I'm going to take you through probably the first song that she wrote for her solo project, mm-hmm. which is called Tightrope. And she's kind of described it as perfectly crystallizing her vision. Um, okay. for the solo album and, and laying the foundation 
So the song came out of a spontaneous writing session with her friend and collaborator, James Flanagan, who also executively produced the EP. And they're actually working in the jungle in a place called like Caraggio. Nice. That's an interesting place to work. Yeah. Um, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. But um, so he was the one that started ripping the, the main guitar riff. Right. And then she just got on the mic and she started just screaming into it like, okay. spontaneously. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is really cool. So it was a very spur of the moment thing, which ironically set the tone for the rest of the EP. Nice. Yeah, it's just it's such a, a such a cool track. Yeah, and I guess it's like inspiration strikes when you kind of least expect it. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And for her, this song is about you know throwing yourself towards something or someone, regardless of whether you you know succeed or you fall. Yeah. Which is really, it's something that I really connect to. Yeah. And the fact that that sets the tone. Um, Four Bolt in the Blue is just really cool. Mm. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, definitely check that one out. Yeah, it sounds really cool, especially because you've talked so highly about the EP. Literally the most exciting release <laughs> in the past. We need yeah, to get on it. Yeah, Jeffs. <laughs> Sweet. So I guess, like, let me, let me segue this into the next segment. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess because we've been talking about, you know, all of our favorite artists, all of our favorite tracks of the week, um, let's go into live shows because as I've mentioned like 20 times in this podcast already, <laughs> I saw Paramore this weekend and it was great. No faults, but it got me thinking, you know, we've like Jen and I have both seen so many artists live and I'm sure, you know, there's been some good ones and some not so great ones. Um, is there one that like sticks out in your mind, Jen, of like your favorite show ever or one of? Oh god, this is this is so hard to pick. Asking asking the real questions. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, one which will take me like ten minutes to half an hour yeah. to respond. Well, I can answer for <laughs> you if you well, need some yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Give, give me some time to hold over. But in the meantime, so in the meantime, I'll talk about my most recent show. Um, on Sunday, the eleventh of February, I went to see Paramore. I was in Brisbane. I was in Brisbane to see a Yayoi Kasama exhibition at the gallery with a couple of my friends. And then I also conveniently organized the holiday so I could go and see Paramore. And it was at a venue called the River Stage, which is an outdoor venue. And within like 10 minutes of getting into the venue, it started thunderstorming. And so they were like, the people, you know, security and stuff, they were saying, you have to get out, like it's not safe. You all have to evacuate the venue and wait in the car park outside the venue. So we all evacuated. We were soaking wet. It was like we were drenched. It was like torrential rain. And we all sat in the car park, like 8,000 of us, for like two hours until they said, yep, show's back on. So we lined up again, let, were, let, were let back into the venue. Um, and bleachers opened up, which was really cool because there was rumors that, you know, they weren't going to open. It was just going to be Paramore. Um, but I'm really glad they got to play and they were really, um, they were really good. And then Paramore came on and honestly could not fault them like I just love the era that they're in and their current stage set up there's seven members now playing that's awesome so now Paramore are backed there's seven of them who play on stage so you've got Haley, Taylor and Zach who are the official members of Paramore yep. and then you've also got Justin who is Taylor's brother on guitar and then we've got Joey Joey Mullen Joey Howard and Logan McKenzie so there's seven of them and I think it's kind of you know, Paramore have had so many issues with their line lineup, like in the past couple of years, and I think it's just really nice 
to see like seven people on stage who even though some of them are touring members you know everyone kind of feels like family and everyone gets along like you can just tell that sonically everything just matches nicely together and like dare I say this is like the best era Paramore have had so far and yeah just they've also like reworked some of their old stuff like that's That's what you get and ignorance they've kind of added like a new touch to them to sort of suit the new album after laughter like to suit that vibe so everything just sonically matches really nicely and just a really good show and I guess you know knowing like we all thought that the show might not happen so even the fact that it just happened was like good enough (laughs) exactly I mean like and I just remember like hearing about it and then actually like messaging you to check that you were okay yeah but like the fact uh, this just speaks to the power of, of music bringing people together because yeah. there were 8,000 of you in, in a car park waiting for this to happen yeah I mean and naturally people are going to be making friends yeah like, yeah people are just going to be you know huddling together hoping that this is all going to work out exactly and then it finally happened and I guess it probably made the night even more special yeah yeah of course and like you know, there was just that kind of buzz, like, in the air because everyone was, like, just excited to be there because, yeah, there was that threat that it wouldn't happen, so... Yeah, and crushing disappointments. Exactly, yeah. So, and there was people who had, like, lined up for 30 hours and, (sighs) you know, to get into the venue and, like, get a barrier position and then have to leave, like, that must be so stressful. But I think most people who had barrier got back to the barrier, but... Yeah, I guess enough about Paramore because I feel like I talk about them all the time. What's your one of your favorite shows, Jen? I'm probably just going to answer this question from what was your most your favorite most recent show because mm-hmm. that's a lot more manageable for me. Yeah, good, good, good position to take. Yeah, so I'm going to go back to Green Day last year when they played off the back of their 12th studio album, mm-hmm. Revolution Radio, which for a lot of people was seen as a bit of a resurgence for Green Day, kind yeah. of like how Metallica's latest album, Hardwired, was seen as a resurgence for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was really cool to be able to, to, to see those songs come to life, especially yeah. after having talked to Mike, the bassist. Yeah. Um, which was really cool. I guess and- also, sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> I was going to say, I guess it's also too, like, after 12 albums, you know, like, that set list must be, like, full of, like, hit songs. <laughs> it was. And it was also really seeing, like, a bit of a divide, which sounds a bit weird, but you see, like, the newer fans going yeah. absolutely nuts for Revolution Radio and some and some of the, like, later albums. And then you've got people like me that have, like, loved them, yeah. like, you know, since way back. And then, like, digging through, like, their earliest releases, like, Kaplunk, mm-hmm. which I love. Wow. So do they yeah. still play stuff? For, do yeah, they, they do. They played one song off Kaplunk, sweet. or, like, a couple, which was really sweet. Um, and then, obviously, some classics from uh, Nimrod um, and Dookie. Nice. Which is cool. I know that us Aussies say Dookie. That's why I kind of had to pause there. Yeah. It's like it's like Marlon Soho with their album, Waco. Yeah. And I was so afraid because I was interviewing, like, Luke Bowdoin. Yeah. And it was lucky for me because he actually pronounced the album first and he said yeah. Waco. And I was like... How are you going to say it? Like, Waco? Waco. And they hate that. Because right. that's just... It's not the way it's pronounced because it yeah. is based on an American an American thing so right so you actually say Waco Waco yeah interesting interesting parallel there but but no I gotta say that that was probably one of the best that I've 
seen yeah. in the past couple of years. Awesome. And when American Idiot came on, it wasn't the last song. It was the second last one. Yeah. But when they played it, it just absolutely went off. Like, wow. like a dream. Yeah. Come true. So nice. yeah, that would be my gig. Is there a show that you've been to that like you didn't like or not necessarily didn't like, but like maybe the sound was off or like it wasn't a good venue or oh, oh, um, like, like not hating on the actual artist, but maybe like other... Because obviously, like, you go and see an artist you like. Like, you don't go and buy tickets to an artist that you don't like. But, like, is there something about, like, a show that kind of left you you a bit disappointed? Yeah, there's actually one that I can think of. And it wasn't because the band were bad at all. In fact, they were pretty good. But I couldn't enjoy Tiger Town, sadly. So they were supporting Panic! at the Disco. Oh, was this recently? Yeah, it was the the, the recent Aussie tour. Yeah. They did, and they played... um, at the Horden. Yeah. Yeah, so the Tiger Town um, were, like, supporting them. And they were great in retrospect. But the only thing that I really connect with their, with their show yeah. was a guy in, like, a leather duster. Yeah. Who was... I was literally, like, sandwiched, like, kind of, like, uh, next to him slash behind him. Yeah. And it was really, really hot in there. Mm. And I don't know what how someone can wear a leather jacket yeah. to, like, a sweaty rock show. Like, in the pit. Wow. They were sitting, it, was, it would have been fine. But literally, I was sandwiched. I could barely breathe in there. Because, mm. I mean, I've been in so many mosh pits, and they're usually fine. But this was just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really just associate Tiger Town, unfortunately, like, that particular show yeah. with not being able to breathe properly. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a bit of a disappointment. And hopefully I'll get to see that band again in much better circumstances. Yeah. Uh, but how about for you? For me, like, one particularly sticks out to my to, sticks out to me. <laughs> um, when I was 14, uh, my mum, I went to see you 2 with my mum and my auntie. And it was that big, like, claw tour, you know, where they brought that, like, million-dollar stage oh, yeah. out. Um, so it was kind of a big deal. And, like, you know my parents listened to U2 like growing up so I heard it while I was growing up but I was never like a super big U2 fan but you know I still like a couple of their tracks so I was looking forward to it you know it was at the stadium so that already was kind of like a cool vibe and um but like the thing that I couldn't really understand is that the support act was Jay-Z really so Jay-Z was U2's support act this was in like 2010 maybe and I don't know. I think that this the problem was like I don't dislike Jay Z. He's I think he's really talented, but I think the problem was is because the stage was set up for a rock band. Yeah. Jay Z came out beforehand, and you know I honestly I can't remember if he had musicians on stage with him. He could have. I'm not entirely sure, but there was definitely like playback yeah. that he was rapping to, and then because you know he features like a lot of his songs have features from other artists who like sing the hook or the chorus. Yeah. Um, they would play just like the recorded version of that section of the song. Um, and so I just found like a bit of a like weird, like juxtaposition of, of like genres in one setting. For sure. And especially with a rig that's designed for a rock band. Yeah. yeah. So I think that like that kind of made it disappointing because I just think the setup was just wrong for his type of performance yeah exactly and that actually reminds me of another disappointing gig for me yeah which was when blackstone cherry opened for steel panther at big okay. pop it was a number yeah. of years ago 
And they might have been like back in like 2013, 2014. Yeah. Um, but so they're like a glam metal band. Like they yeah. That big like glam sound for their rig. And they're not exactly the opposite, but they're like a rockabilly. Is this the support band? Yeah, the support band, Blackstone yeah. Cherry. Yeah, they're like a rockabilly kind of band. Okay. A lot more like laid back mm-hmm. in sound, although they're still like very hard hitting. Yeah. Hard rock, but yeah. just the sound was quite off. Because, like, I think just the rigs would have been completely different. Yeah. For those two bands. So that was a little bit disappointing because I've heard some of their studio stuff and it's pretty damn good. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. Like, it's so hard, you know, like, having, like, played shows before. Like, I understand how, you know, like, the wrong, like, sound person can kind of mess things up for you. (laughs) So I guess, you know, it's really hard, like tough for bands, I think, who, especially for a support act, you know, like no matter how big or how small the show is, you're always coming up first. And so if there's any like problems with sound, you're the ones who are going to be faced with that because they'll like perfect it for when the headline (laughs) comes on. But (laughs) I agree. Like, I think that, you know, when you go and see a, a show, support bands like are are really important like you really need to select like a great um artist to open up for you and they don't necessarily need to be um like of similar genres like last year i saw touche amore at the factory theater and their support was turnover who Mm. were like very very different like touche amore are like a hardcore like heavy band yeah and turnover are like a surf like alt rock (laughs) type band so the sounds were so different, but it just meshed so well mm. because it was really nice to have that like soft kind of um, like almost atmospheric type rock music um, as a start, a starter. And then, you know, half an hour later, you've got this like heavy band. I actually got to speak to the lead singer of Touche More, Jeremy, and he was actually saying, you know, no, once you kind of go to enough hardcore shows, it sometimes can be a little bit jarring to have like three hardcore bands on in the same lineup. Yeah, for sure. And that's why it's really cool to see Hellions on like a hardcore lineup because they yeah. don't fit the mold necessarily. Like they have this yeah. freshness and you know, you know, obviously with, with the dance groove kind of vibe mm. that really just cuts through like the brutal rhythms that they have. Yeah. Like it's really awesome to see them on a lineup where they fit in, but they also don't fit them all. Yeah. And also too, like, I guess talking about that because, um, Unify just recently happened. And if you don't know Unify, it's a heavy music, uh, festival also known as like the heavy music gathering. Yeah. And it happens in Victoria and it's a yearly festival run by Unified, which is a heavy music label, I guess you could call it in Australia. And it always brings, like, a very diverse lineup. And they just recently released, like, a string of um, live performances from the festival on YouTube. Yeah. And Tonight Alive, one of the few female acts that played on the... Like, that were on the lineup, even though there should have been more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They released one of, like, their live performances of their track, Temple. And a lot of comments were like, why Tonight Alive playing Unify? Like, they're not heavy enough. But, like, it goes back to that kind of statement like from Jeremy you know you don't want to hear like the same type of heavy quote unquote like heavy music for like two days straight you know you kind of want like a bit of diversity and like what is heavy music like honestly exactly and I mean Tonight Alive they do have a fairly heavy background when you think yeah and I mean even Tonight Alive's most recent release Underworld which only came out in January this year 
you know, arguably you can say that that's their heaviest release yet. Like all the guitar parts are so intricate and so heavily layered and just everything about it is just so like kick ass, I guess. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's just like lots of like oomph behind it and you can just tell like it's not necessarily like a heavy, like um, heavy as in like a hardcore type album, but there's heaps of passion in it. Um, everything is just layered so nicely and like it is. I think it's a heavy album you know, quote unquote heavy, if you want to call it that, like, I don't know. But yeah, I think that's good. I think that's something that, you know, heavy music festivals like Unified mm. and, and, and other ones. Yeah. Like we've got Download as well yeah. coming up in March. It's going to be super exciting in Melbourne. Uh, kind of just redefining and exploring what heavy actually means. Yeah. Obviously, we don't want acts that, that just aren't quintessentially mm. like heavy, but I feel there's definitely room to explore what that yeah. might mean as well. Yeah, exactly. Because like, heavy music as well it's such an umbrella term it's like rock music like mm. there's so many like different kinds of rock music you know you've got like heavy rock you've got alternative rock you've got pop rock like mm. there are so many ways that you could take that one genre that i think that you know we can't sort of look at heavy music as just like one sort of genre yeah. i feel like there's lots of like um, it's a it's an umbrella term for lots of other types of music if yeah, that makes sense exactly like, and that's like and that's something that to be honest i've had to learn yeah you know really being committed to to rock and metal music and and often sometimes not necessarily like at least years ago not being open to other types of music but now obviously like exploring yeah. different a lot of different things and discovering new music you really you, you think to yourself you you really have to be more open to yeah to, yeah different types of heavy music like, yeah because there, there's so much out there and i feel like pigeonholing yeah which is what hellions clearly are not doing which yeah. i love and i don't think anyone could pigeonhole them um yeah like it's something that we definitely need to explore a lot more and embrace yeah for sure and i think that you know when you start like labeling bands like with specific like or specific genres you know like that's when you kind of lose all the fun about it because people have like certain words hold different kinds of weight so once you if you call like a band pop punk like there's so many connotations that come with those words and you know they might not even like be pop punk do you know what i mean like exactly i think that like labeling bands like genre wise helps to an extent to like Mm kind of get you to understand the type of music they make yeah exactly. but at the same time like you can't rely on like just genres on to decide whether or not like you want to listen to an artist like i think that you know who cares about genres like if you like it you like it like honestly yeah who cares exactly like it's something that so many artists around the world are saying genres are becoming irrelevant yeah we are irrelevant now yeah exactly yeah yeah for sure i mean like bands you know that have changed their sound so many times like a band like turnover you know their first album was like quite gritty and like not like hard rock but it was definitely like a gritty like garage rock band mm. and then they released their second album peripheral vision peripheral vision i can't even speak properly <laughs> they released their second album peripheral vision and it was just kind of like a completely different sound for them but that album did like it really kind of was a catalyst for their you know popularity like they kind of became a lot more well known and that album in itself was so different to their past previous releases but it was also quite like a a a new sound for that scene or at least Mm. in my experience like for me at least like i hadn't really heard you know like a band making music like that in that particular like alternative like pop punk you know quote unquote like scene Mm, for sure 
And I guess like it really just speaks to that really powerful, yeah. almost like claustrophobic relationship between genre and identity. Yeah. Where if genres do change, like for a band, and suddenly people almost feel like like their identity or like their own personal identity has been stripped away, and it's kind of mm. just like, well, you sold out. Yeah. Not using that term. And they just feel really disconnected. Whereas yeah. I feel like if we kind of try and embrace the fluidity yeah. of genres now, I guess that would also, you know, tie into fluid identities and being, you know, yeah. being able to, you know, move around. Yeah, because like yeah. you can listen to like lots of different genres. You don't have to belong to one. And exactly. on, on the flip side, like as an artist, you don't have to just make music to fit into one genre. Like you can kind of do whatever you want. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That that was a good talk. Yeah, good I think tangent. that went down a very deep road. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that. Yeah, I guess, look, let's probably end off our podcast here. Yeah. We have been talking for quite a while now. <laughs> <laughs> um, hope you enjoyed this episode. A bit more of like a free-flowing type episode. It's probably something that you can expect more in the future as well. Yeah. Which I'm really excited about. Yeah, and stay tuned for next week's episode because we will have a guest on we will very very exciting and we'll be talking about their music their releases you know their inspirations all and that just, fun even just like like non-music related stuff yeah. that's what i love talking about as well yeah nice but i'm excited i'm very very excited me too so <laughs> thanks for sticking with us you guys are absolute legends yeah and shout out to rhiannon hopley who is the photographer that i was talking about earlier Sweet. you're an absolute legend keep doing what you're doing yeah you can find us um on spotify at general admission we'll leave the links in our description for our instagram and our website where you can contact us if you've got any song recommendations please let us know we'd love to hear it if you make music send us your stuff like we would love to hear it as well (laughs) we're always open to listening to new stuff and um yeah i guess thanks for tuning in we'll see you next week yeah see you then guys see you later listening to general admission where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound